Hey, welcome to Ask Shane Anything, where you can literally ask me anything. A big thanks to our patrons who pledge at $7 or higher per month. Without them, we would not be able to do this show. Uh, got some great questions. In fact, I still got a ton more here. Probably gonna have a couple more weeks of these just from the last batch. Let's get straight to the questions. Uh, the first one comes from Sifted from Derek D111. What is the game that you saw in a preview and thought that's really going to be awful, but gave the benefit of the doubt to, and it still ended up being awful? <laughs> that's funny. You, that's a curveball. I thought you were gonna say and ended up being great. Uh, a lot of them. I mean, not so much anymore. Um, back in the day, I mean, literally every week, if you worked at a place like GameSpot or Game Trailers, we had a schedule of people that came through to just show us preview code, like all week. Some days we'd have like three or four different PR people come into our office in one day. Um, and then on a weekly basis, at least 10 visits probably from PR or publishers. And a lot of them were the smaller guys and they're really eager to get coverage of their games because they need to try to get some mind share with consumers. And so a lot of times they will show, or they would, they would show these lower budget games way earlier than they ever should have. I mean, there was just, there's tons of games that uh, that never even came out, to be honest with you, that we that I saw preview builds of um, across the years. So, I mean, it's very, very common that I would see a game and be like, wow, that's pretty awful. And then it either ended up being awful or it ended up being canceled. Our next question comes from Patreon from Ian Patterson Esquire. What's up, lawyer? What is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? And a follow-up, what game do you think everyone should play once in their lives? Oh man, fall in love, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would say. I think I feel bad for anyone who's never fallen in love uh, with anybody else. Uh, just never, and had it reciprocated, meaning. Um, I think we've all fallen in love with people who didn't reciprocate, unfortunately. That's the way life goes a lot of times. But. Um, I, I would hope that everyone falls in love at least once. Um, to see what it feels like to love somebody and feel like they love you as much back, it's really a, an amazing feeling and you don't get it anywhere else, so that's what I would say. It changes your life in a lot of ways too. Uh, one game that everyone should play, that changes. Um, if you'd asked me this back in 2000, it probably would have been Ocarina of Time. Um, but I think over time, we don't really see those bell cow games anymore like we used to. Like those games that were just so far above and beyond everything else that they just became seminal and must plays. Um, everything's kind of a shade of gray now. Um, I, you know, if you ask me, okay, Shane, I want to play what you believe is the embodiment of the modern video game. I would probably say God of War for PS4. Um, and a little bit of that is because it's not especially innovative in the way it's designed. It's kind of old in that way. It's not really an open world. It's kind of a pseudo open world. Um, and I think that right now better embodies gaming as a whole. Um, now in a year and a half when there's no games left like that, then I would say it's a relic. Um, but I think right now for one game that embodies what my in my mind is the modern video games, probably God of War. Uh, because it's a little older, it's for mature players. The average age of the player now is like 37 years old. Um, so I think it embodies a lot of the elements that make gaming great. Now it doesn't have online, that might be my one big caveat. Um, and so maybe I would pick something that's a little more full-featured. Um, maybe in two years you would look at a game like uh, 
like Destiny 2 or whatever. Whatever the big game as a service is in two years, I think maybe that's the game that you'll be looking at then as the seminal game because that's where it's headed. But I don't believe that the average player, or if you did a survey of every video game released, I don't think that's the middle yet. I think it will be in a couple years, uh, but for right now, probably God of War. Our next question comes from Sifted from Jubenham of Light. Love that name. I'm sure you saw the article about how Take-Two poached an entire studio and ran it into bankruptcy, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. How do you personally feel about this as a gamer, journalist, and just overall? Okay, I have seen this story. Uh, basically what happened was <laughs> the studio was making a game for Take-Two. The game ended up getting into peril, and Take-Two basically canceled it, and then the studio folded and then Take-Two basically poached all the employees from the studio that folded to start a new studio that basically ended up working on the same project. So it's really dirty, really dirty. This is not a precedent though. This is not the first time this type of stuff has happened. EA's been doing this for decades. Westwood, same thing happened with them. Although I will say, Closing a studio and then poaching the employees from that studio for a new studio to work on the same game, that might be a first, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, I think if you look at the track record of EA, it's easier to be a little more angry with how EA's done stuff, but man, that's some cutthroat stuff from Take-Two. So I would say, uh, how do I feel about it as a gamer? Well, as a gamer, I guess I'm glad that the game is still coming. Um, one way or another, you know, a lot of people don't know what goes on behind the scenes in games and all they care about is, is this game good? Can I buy it? Good. That's it. They don't care about who develops it or what goes on behind the scenes. They just care if they're go about getting their money's worth when they purchase a game. So as a gamer, I don't think it's terrible. Um, as a journalist, uh, I mean, I'll say this, it's one of the slimier things I've seen in the gaming industry, and I've been doing it for a while. Uh, so that, from that perspective, it's a little off-putting. Um, but I would also say that because I have been doing this so long, I mean, gaming is cutthroat. It's a big dollar business full of big risk. And uh, these companies, man, it's like I've been saying for 20 years, they're not your friends. They're out here to make money. And I think once you understand that, you start to accept crap like this a little more. I don't know. I don't know if that's good, but I think that's probably what's happened to me. Just overall, I think it sucks. It's awful. I feel terrible for the people who work there, even though they did end up staying employed um, as a founder of a company. Um, if that had happened to me, I would freak out. So yes, yeah, crap, in all honesty. Uh, there's really no good way to put it. Um, I don't think gamers will care that much about it. We will, because we're crazy into games, but I think the average person just won't really and won't even be a blip on their radar. All right, next question comes from Patreon from OTAPS. Microsoft has said that its first party games will work on Xbox One and Xbox Series X, at least initially. Sony's message is that first party PS5 games will be made specifically for PS5 and will work only on PS5. Which approach do you think is the best in the short, medium, and long term? Short term, Microsoft stance, way better. I, we have a poll going right now about backwards compatibility and how important it is to people. And it's pretty shocking, the results. People care a lot more about it this time than they ever have. However, if you look at the comments in that poll, um, <laughs> you start going down and you look, a lot of people are like, I think I want it, but I probably don't. Meaning, 
I think I want it now. It may, may influence my purchase decision, but I don't really think I'm probably gonna end up using it. And I think that's the truth for a lot of people. This generation transition's a little different because um, a lot of gamers have went digital and you kind of need to make sure that those digital games will still work or you gotta keep your old console around. Uh, Sony's living in the past, really, is what it is, but I think a lot of players like it that way. Uh, there's a lot of uh, consumers out there, people who buy games, who don't want the industry to change. They want it to stay the way it is right now. Um, so I think in the short term, it definitely helps Microsoft. I think it becomes a selling point for Xbox Series X. Um, medium term, and I guess the way I would just answer the rest of the question is, I think the longer time goes on, the less of an advantage it becomes. Because then you really start to get really good libraries for PlayStation 5. At that, you know, at that point, there will be enough exclusive games for PlayStation 5 that a lot of people aren't gonna be interested or really care about going back and playing old games. So I think you're gonna get the law of diminishing returns on that for Xbox, meaning at first, I think it may help them and boost their sales out of the gate, but I think over time it will matter less and less. All right, that's it for Ask Shane Anything. Thanks to all our patrons who are pledging at $7 or more per month. Without you guys, this show doesn't happen. Uh, and you do get precedent when we pick questions for this show. So there's some fringe benefits there as well. Uh, I got a ton of questions here. Probably gonna do a bunch more episodes of these here in the coming weeks. I uh, hope you're enjoying the show. I'll see you next time.